0: On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Elf Allegri. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have the good fortune to be here with Mary Baird Wilcock of the simplifiers.com mary is a csep certified special events professional there are only three in all of england in less than 400 worldwide that hold this highly sought after international certification so she knows her stuff we are excited to have you with us mary thank you so much for joining us today
2: oh thanks for having me i really appreciate it
1: our pleasure let's go back in time a little bit where did you grow up
2: great question um i am originally from dallas texas so um though i don't people sometimes say that i don't actually have a texas accent i I sound like i'm I'm from the midwest somewhere i think maybe it's because i was raised in front of a television as a kid of the 80s (laughs) but um yeah i was i was born and raised in dallas texas and then i started the simplifiers back in 2003 actually in austin texas Though now i'm in Nottingham, england
1: how did you get from uh, Dallas to England?
2: <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, well, Dallas, Texas is definitely my hometown and uh, where I grew up at. Then went to Austin, Texas, um, for to finish my uh, undergrad at the UT um, down there. Started the Simplifiers in two thousand three, originally as an events management firm, so producing large scale um, corporate events. Weddings of all shapes and sizes and social events Um, and with the simplifiers if you know us then you know that we really specialize in producing non-traditional events and uh, you know fun, quirky, weird, different is everything that we're all about. Um, so then, flash forward in summer of 2014, two years ago, pretty much um, is when I moved to England um, and said, "Right, let's let's see if the simplifiers can go global." And we moved our operations overseas here and haven't looked back since.
1: That is incredible. I'm sure the longer version should, if it doesn't already, fill a book. What <laughs> um, what was your childhood like?
2: Wow, I didn't know we were going to go there. Um good. Yes, my um my parents are entrepreneurs. Um so I was the kid who um, you know on a random Tuesday in you know month of June, I would say mom and dad, let's go to wet and Wilder, go to the six flags over texas let's go to a, a water park and they'd say right let's do it and you know i i never understood people or family lives where people work nine to five jobs and you know clock in clock out so i've always had the entrepreneurial spirit spirit behind me um and uh the way of life as a, a family unit and now i'm a parent of two as well um so yes um my childhood was great i'm a i am aii think i'm a creative and artist kind of person and um, I think my attention to detail is what eventually dovetailed me into the events industry and to become a planner and the beginning of my career.
1: That, make, that makes sense. So, how did you get started?
2: So some people don't actually know this about me, but prior to starting the Simplifiers, my very first career was actually in commercial radio. So um, I actually, when I went to UT, I was uh, there on a full scholarship, um, pretty major scholarship for radio, uh, television, and film, and uh, worked in radio for a good six years before um, starting the Simplifiers in 2003. Um, And I'd worked in all aspects of radio, so not only, um, you know, on the air as a DJ, but behind the scenes as a voiceover artist, or sales and marketing, and also in the promotions department. Now, the promotions department at radio stations, those are the people that are the event planners at the station who produce the festivals, the concerts, the um, live broadcasts, and the events. And that's where I think I got the taste for events and caught the bug and just saying, wow, this is incredible to be able to be an event planner and to positively impact so many people in one live event experience and that your job is different every single day, every single week. Like this is the thing for me. I, I, I don't want to live in a soul sucking cubicle job <laughs> where I just push paper and don't actually do anything. Like that's where I was like, yes, events, that's where I want to be in my life.
1: Well, now that we've alienated all the soul-sucking cubicle dwellers. Awesome. Sorry. (laughs) What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making, um, you see your clients making that you're helping them with?
2: Um, Well, we have a few different types of clients, I should back up and say. So uh, our company has three primary sectors, Um, event planning, very traditional as events people, um, now based in the UK producing events. Um, But we also have two other sectors. So we have this thing called the apprentice program, which is um, a cloud-based online software tool that people in the events industry use to train and empower their interns, their apprentices, and their new hires. So that's very much a, a B2B business, whereas our events company is really more B2C. Um, and then the third sector is public speaking, so people hiring me for keynote speakers or MCing at events or um, you know any sort of live uh, workshops and presentations. So um, what was the original question? So I, I needed to back that up and tell you, because we have three very different kinds of, of clients. Uh, you know what?
1: Side. Let's talk on the event side first. Yeah. Uh, Most common mistakes you see people making that you're helping with?
2: Mm. On the event side, it's the waiting till very, very last minute to produce event, assuming events you can just whip that up in a matter of a week or 48 hours sometimes. Um, Whereas you know, but wanting sort of everything. Um, we produced an event for a very, very, very large company. Um, let's just say they're the people that you check in and you know post photos and videos to on a social network. They will remain unnamed, um, but pretty big, and they, their name starts with an F. Um, <laughs> they called us on a Tuesday saying, hey, produce, can you produce this 200-person event for our employees? And the event's on Friday, actually. And we said okay, hey, let's do this, Let, and you know, I mean, so we have clients like that who assume things can just magically appear, and boy, howdy, did we magically make things appear, and it was a great event, um, but it's not always the best way to work, right? When you have a little bit of time behind you, and you're not being reactive, but you're being proactive in developing the live event experience and really thinking through the details, then you'll get so much more for your money. You'll get so much more bang for your buck in your budget.
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, you also have some unique skill sets in terms of helping people, helping companies, helping event planners, helping businesses build out their internship and training programs. Talk about how you got into that.
2: You know, I think it's the this, the bottom line thing of being an entrepreneur. You're always curious, right? As an entrepreneur, you're always seeing gaps in the market, and you're also always also always seeing problems in your day to day life. And for me, when I first took on my very first interns, I remember I was in year four of my events management company thinking, gosh, we're growing and I need to scale my business. And I need to do that by bringing some, um, new blood into the, the system. Um, and, uh, I just I, I remember clearly thinking, oh my gosh, I need to clone myself, um, and so I, I, you know, linked on to a university in Austin and said, okay, great, uh, we're we're wanting to take on interns. We'll do give them full training. Um, how does this work? But then realizing how completely difficult it is to develop your own set training curriculum in-house when you're a small business owner. And you don't have the time necessarily to devote to like putting it all together like a true curriculum. So it was a problem. And I wanted to solve it for years and years and years. Um, and and I, I when I started talking to my colleagues and friends who are also business owners of events firms and what have you, they also having this problem. And again, just seeing the gap in the market and saying, well, how can technology help solve this problem? Or how can technology simplify this problem? And can we, given that we know we know the problem and we know a solution and we have you know, resources in, and a, an incredible network in the events industry, how can we deliver it? And so that's how this apprentice program was
1: born. And who are you helping implement that now? Talk about some examples of clients who are doing it successfully because it sounds like it's getting incredible results.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool to see the the genesis of it all. I mean, we're still very much early days and moving the simplifiers over to England, we're very much back to being kind of a startup again, being scrappy and young and and a small team, but dynamic and, and moving fast and growing fast as well, which is quite, quite exciting. Um, but yeah, the clients that are using our tools, the Apprentice Program um, training tools, it's actually really interesting. At first, it was simply wedding planners. Um, we just tested the, the first mvp the minimum viable product version of the software out there with wedding planners getting great feedback and testimonials from people and saying oh my gosh this saved me so much time or this made working with interns so much less stressful or um, i now have more time to focus on going to networking meetings or you know because you've simplified this aspect of my business um, which is pretty cool but now this semester we're actually uh, broadening that out so people that are using the platform are venues um, caterers, wedding planners, non-wedding planners, so corporate event planners, um, and it's really, really interesting to see how these different sectors are using the tools that we provide.
1: That is awesome. What do you like best about your business?
2: I think it simply comes back to like what I was raised with as a as a kid, and and be having the flexibility to um, set my own hours, to come up with crazy ideas and to actually see them come to fruition. Um, That's the beauty of having a small um, business and also to feel like a startup again. I think that those are the parts that I really love. I'm a big, I mean, I think I probably should take stock out in Sharpie markers. I use Sharpies like you would not believe. And I, we Every single team meeting that we do, we are doodling and brainstorming and mapping out things on paper. Um, so we probably keep Sharpies like, in business because of <laughs> how much we use them. Um, but I, I love being able to in- incorporate that creative, strategic part of my brain into our everyday work life.
1: That that makes sense. Let's talk about your success. You've come so far so fast. What do you attribute your success to?
2: Network, without a doubt. Um, it, you are only as strong as the people you surround yourself with. So, and that not only means my team internally. Um, you know the people on my team that help us get our products out to the world and services, but also your network either in your city um, and your network with any associations you're a member of. So if I kind of Imagine, you know, a, a rock that's thrown in the ocean and it ripples out. So the internal, the very first ripple is obviously my team um, and my, my team of UK interns as well. They're amazing. Um, but then the ripple out from there are my connections um, and network within our city. Um, and then the ripple out from there is our connections with ILEA, the International Live Events Association, which has, you know, 43 chapters worldwide, about 5,000 members. Um, so having strong um, connections to whatever association you're part of, if it's EPA or ILEA or NACE or MPI, you know, really understanding that the people you surround yourself with allow you to grow and become a better part of you.
1: Absolutely. With, your, with all the success you've achieved, what is your biggest challenge now?
2: Um, you know, I'm just like any other small business. Um, I have sales goals and I watch cash flow like a like a hawk. <laughs> and you know, just making sure that we are 100% um, you know, hitting our goals and keeping um, you know, while one thing is is in incubation, another campaign is is in full force and really just managing cash flow. I think um, is, is one of the things that I do. So I get to do all those fun, right brain things like the creative brainstorming stuff. But then I also, luckily my gene pool is good in that I actually also really, really enjoy Excel spreadsheets and, uh, P and L statements and all of that stuff as well. Um, and I think you've got to have a balance between the two to be a successful small business owner.
1: Absolutely. I think that would make sense. Now you mentioned the challenges of being a small business owner. I think um, we go through entrepreneurial mood swings, or at least I know I do, where you know you're on top of the world when everything's working right and you just want to curl up into a ball and stay in bed when <laughs> you know you have when 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 things don't go so well. Yep. Um, so what uh, has been your highest and lowest entrepreneurial moments and what did you learn from them?
2: Great question. I think, you know, One thing that is 100% true to me and my core values and and the integrity of my business is being authentic and truthful to our clients, to our customers, and to our network. I think that's so important. Um, So, you know, while our brand is the simplifiers and, you know, outward facing, it's like, oh, these guys are undercover superheroes. They make everything simple and easy and, you know, to a certain extent, 100% that's what we aim to do for our clients, no matter if it's a bride or if it's a catering company using our software, 100%. Um, But we're also just really honest with people when you know we make mistakes and we you know you can't deliver something at a certain time or um, you know there's a bug in the software we, we and we're doing the very very best that we can to um, you know remedy the situation and do it so I think the very high moment um, I can only think of recent successes um, for sure um, but you know I would say that a recent high is that locally here in Nottingham we've been selected um, to be part of the creative class um, and that's a, a Program that is backed by PricewaterhouseCoopers and Nottingham Means Business. And basically, they've said out of all the businesses in our, this city, you are one of the top 10 high growth. Um, successful businesses in this city. No pressure, right? <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I mean that's quite exciting for them to say, like we're, there's a banner on the, the the Market Square building in the middle of the city center with our logo on it, like massively huge. And I'm like, wow, look at, look at what we've been able to produce and create. And I'm literally, we've only been here for two years now. That's incredible. So I think that's definitely a, a recent high and a recent win. Um, you know, as for the greatest low in in my company, it's always hard when you make business decisions and changes that are are huge. Um, and so when we moved to the UK, uh, originally wanted to keep that Austin office open and you know make the UK office a, a satellite office. But what really made best sense for our clients and best sense for longevity is that we had to close that Austin office and primarily focus on the UK um, at that juncture. And that was hard, um, just quite simply, because I, well, selfishly, I had the best team on the universe. Um, in that office and office people I had trained and, and mentored and cold and, and really you know built up into incredible event planners and operations manager you name it it was hard to let that go but sometimes you have to let go right
1: yes sometimes very true who is an ideal client for you
2: um, I think if we're talking about the software, um, the ideal client is somebody who owns an events company, uh, whether they're an event planning company um, in the U.S. or Canada, um, who have been in business for four to eight years, who really value education and mentoring and training other people, um, and you know, just somebody who wants to up their game when it comes to how they train their staff and their interns
1: and what is the first step you would want for them to take?
2: You know, uh, you can get more information about the apprentice program, our software training on our website. Um, It's thesimplifiers.com, and then specifically for that software, it's intern-training. But yeah, you can click on there, you can see our explainer video and um, reach out to us. And we are running webinars all the time that help people understand a little bit more about the software, how it works and, and all of that. But that's the first place to kind of connect with us and see if it's a good fit for what your operation does.
1: Awesome. Um, Anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you?
2: Um, I have an absolute love for breakfast tacos and for whatever reason whatever I wasn't <laughs> not, expecting that one whatever people uh, I have I've, the last few podcast interviews I seem to somehow go on a tangent about breakfast tacos so let's go there just to keep the continuity I love breakfast tacos and I am so sad when I'm in England and they don't understand the concept of what it is that my entrepreneurial brain I kind of want to open a breakfast taco food truck here but I know I, I, there's a only so many hours in the day, Mary. I have to, I have to like incubate.
1: Simplify.
2: <laughs> I've got to incubate that idea, simplify. But if you live or are in uh, England and you're hearing this podcast interview and you're intrigued by what I'm talking about, it let, let's chat because I'd love to invest in that product. <laughs>
1: <All> <laughs> only right. for my,
2: my own simple needs of having Migas tacos in the morning. <laughs>
1: Whatever works for you. Uh, Fascinating (laughs) interview. Never would have guessed the breakfast. Didn't see the breakfast tacos coming. Um, I'm interested in obviously what you're doing. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, everybody else. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. This has been Seth Green uh, here with Mary Barrett-Wilcock of thesimplifiers.com. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world, and I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take the 500 challenge.com that's www.take the 500 challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening.
0: This podcast is a part of the C suite radio network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suite